should do the Star Wars theme song since you've finally seen it. That's the final countdown. <laughs> what? It's not Star Wars. It's the final countdown. <laughs> what? Oh, man. That's how I live my life. My tiny little pint glass. We've got to gently click. We're almost out of glasses. <laughs> we can't afford to sacrifice anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes for Nate. You might remember me. My name's Brett Blue, and I'm sitting across from the beautiful. I almost called you the evangelical. It's been a while. <laughs> the beautiful, the effervescent, the badass bitch back in school, Kristen Blue! I've been playing too much of that game. <laughs> 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 Too much Far Cry 5. <laughs> so how's the life? I'm excited. Uh, We're back. Good, yeah. It's just been busy life schedule. I know most of you thought that, you know, Kristen murdered me, cut me into tiny pieces, and buried me throughout the rural parts of Montana. I contemplated it. Oh, we're still here. Just got a new job. <laughs> Kristen started school. I quit my job. Quit your job? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it's yeah. Definitely been the... part two. <laughs> definitely been... I guess one of the bigger besides school updates because we had already mentioned that I'd gotten into school but yeah I uh I thought naively that I was just gonna do what I did in my undergrad and somehow manage to juggle mostly working full-time mm -hmm. sort of working part-time while also going to school and within the first two weeks of school I was like I'm gonna have to quit my job this is it there's not a <laughs> fucking chance yeah it was stressful but I was happy that you pulled through and did it i know you were hesitating there for a little bit because it is a big scary life decision yeah. and it's not too bad right now um because obviously i knew uh we were going to need extra money because i thought i might have to step down to being part-time um so i took out some extra loans i am working for the university so it's not like i'm mm -hmm. not working at all um i got two teaching assistant positions and then I also um, work in the equipment room and then they also gave me a very small scholarship so like right now I'm like I'm sitting on a bunch of money yeah. so right now I'm like oh I'm good but I'm a little nervous come December I'm gonna be like what did I do? <laughs> no we'll be able to figure it out no problem almost everywhere in town's hiring yeah. so if you just need like a little part time thing or you know we can find you some freelance a stuff Ooh, maybe, be a barista. I, maybe I could get a job at one of the breweries and then bring home all the beer. That would be the best move ever. <laughs> go to that place that we went the other day with the library people, and they had that really nice stout. You just bring me a growler of that home every night. Bring one every night. <laughs> <laughs> Cranky Sam's Public House, Zula, Montana. But I think we mentioned, I, I didn't go back and completely re-listen to the last episode, so my bad if we're repeating topics. It's all um, good. It's been three months. Fuck them. <laughs> the people that were listening probably aren't listening anymore so this is like a whole new podcast you should go back and listen to the 200 other episodes you gotta reestablish the, the love for us in germany there were so many... um but no we i know for sure we mentioned that you were starting a new job at the library i don't mm -hmm. know if we ever talked about it so how's that going it's going good yeah because i think it was i got the job was the last one that we had i'm really really liking it i was nervous that it was going to be a little boring um just to fill you guys in i, I work at the public library downtown the best library the, in the whole world recently just got awarded the best library in the world uh from a competition in dublin um we beat out 
some place in Saudi Arabia, I think it was, and there was another one that, that were up against us, and we beat them because my library is beautiful. <laughs> um, and I am on the security team called the safety team. So we are... Uh, You're a specialist of the safety. I am a safety specialist. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's a huge change of atmosphere. There's a lot less anger in the day-to-day. I'm happy to go to work. Nobody's even. putting down your co-workers. Yeah. You know, everybody's really supportive. You met I meant everybody. literally, like euthanizing. Oh, euthanizing. <laughs> you, nobody's euthanizing my favorite part about being at work. <laughs> no, that would be hilarious, you know, if you're just trying to enjoy the new Stephen King novel and somebody just comes up and sticks a needle in your arm. Every month I take a vote on who gets put down next. <laughs> it's like, you're done, Fred. We don't like you here anymore. Um, no, I'm, I'm really liking it. It's a lot calmer. My coworkers are all well-read, polite, respectful people. Um, and the whole operation is... It's... It, I'll try to word it correctly. I thought it was going to be very rigid. You know, I thought it was going to be top-down. You know, these are the rules. Because when you think about a librarian, a lot of the times you've got like the... Like, yeah, shh, and the horn rim glasses <laughs> and anger... Um, and it's really, the, everybody seems to contribute something to the whole, and they're supportive, and they've all got their own individual programs um, that they're running. And we've got partners that are inside of the building that I can help even, you know, I'm the safety specialist dude, but if there's a group there that has, um, they do like counseling for families and stuff, and if I can involve myself. The perfect example, my second week there, they uh, had these teens come in from the juvenile center, and they wanted people to come in and talk with them about various careers. And I know, I know where the story is going. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to help with that because I used to be a cop. So I got to go in there and... Uh, you got thrown in. Yeah, I had a whole little journal thing where I was like here's my lesson plan for my hour that I got to speak with these kids so I'm going to talk about you know personal responsibility and what it's like you know when you're in the military and how that works for what I do now and this that the other how you can use it as an opportunity to get schooling and discipline and you know went in with a very positive mindset let me help these kids like I'm Sandra Bullock or Julia Roberts <laughs> or something in one of those movies and it didn't go you're that the white way. savior <laughs> it did not go that way at all um, they I don't want to say they were rude one of them was pretty rude but they don't respect authority they do not like cops is what <laughs> I found out pretty quick they were like well, Brett used to be a cop, so do you have questions that you would ask cops? And one of the kids was like, why are all of you assholes? <laughs> I was like, okay, we're off to the fucking races. So maybe, maybe not the best example. But <laughs> well, what I'm do. saying is, like, because of all the different things that are happening any given day, any given hour in the building, like, I can jump in if I don't have something pressing on my plate. Well, they do a lot of... Um or they try to do a lot of outreach to the community, and especially for younger people. Um, so you, you had those kids that you were helping with the gnome. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to tell that story? Yeah, they did for like a week. There were these um, like kid kids, and they were hunting down this gnome, this invisible gnome that was like leaving them letters and like little trinkets and things like that around the so building. Sort of like a scavenger hunt type kind thing? Kind of. It's like, well, you know, I, I heard that the gnome's downstairs, you know, by the bike rack. And you'd go down there and there'd be a letter from the gnome. Oh, you almost caught me. I'm actually upstairs in this place. And um, 
I got wind of these kids that were doing it, so I was like, well, I'll play along. I started asking the kids for like a description of the gnome so I can, in my head, I wanted to come up with like um, a police sketch. Like I was going to print out like a whole form so it looked like an official police sketch and then do a sketch of the gnome and like photocopy it so it looks, you know, like something you America's most wanted type thing and put up pictures of the gnome. And what I actually did is we've got a place called the Makerspace and uh, they've got 3D printers. And I've talked with uh, my buddy in the 3D print place and he was able to, all the kids described this like crooked hat that the gnome wore. And so we 3D printed a tiny gnome hat. And the, there was one kid in particular who was all about this gnome hunt. And on the last day, the last clue led the kid to the hat. And so he found the gnome's hat. He was able to take the gnome's hat back home. And uh, his mom has continued the game of the gnome leaving letters. Like, I hope you're looking after my hat better not let my hat get dusty you know so <laughs> it's been fun. a really nice change of pace and you've gotten a lot of really positive feedback too since you started that job yeah. uh what, all a's on my report card no, what did they say you were something to humankind what was it that personal note you got oh it's god god's gift to mankind yes, god's gift to mankind <laughs> not inflating brett's ego yeah, at all not, not my boss or anything it was a patron at the library <laughs> i had a really nice conversation with and that's i mean i don't want to die It'd be a little weird if your boss said that to you <laughs> yeah no my boss said lots of nice things in my three-month review but slightly more professional a lot more professional <laughs> but this one gentleman in particular um He's got a lot of family issues. I'll leave it at that. And he wanted to write a family member a letter, but he has a drinking problem. So he needed my help kind of coming up with how he was going to write this letter to his family member. And um, I sat with him on and off for my entire shift. I just pull up and talked with him for 10 minutes and then walk the entire building, do what I had to do, come back, check in on him. And we wound up writing this email and sending it off. And then uh, went over to my assistant director, and he was too drunk to write it down himself. So he had to tell my assistant director that I am God's gift to mankind. <laughs> and they had to write it down. <laughs> she had to write it down and give it to me, and it's somewhere around here. I think it might actually be in my wallet. Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Got stuff in my wallet. <laughs> With all your other stuff. Oh, there it is. Yep. God's gift to anyone. Brett was very engaging. He gets into your life in a compassionate way. I think God's gift to anyone sounds better than yeah. mankind. Well, mankind I'm, sounds a bit egotistical. I'm, I'm slowly working my way to mankind. <laughs> You'll get there, right? <laughs> no, they seem like they've been... I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time around like the library while you've been at work. You and I have gone a couple of times when you've been off, but... I don't know, they seem like really genuine and welcoming and yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes whenever you think of um, people in those particular type of educational um, structures, they do seem to be portrayed in movies and stuff anyway, a bit more stuffy and uptight. Mm -hmm. um, and they've done several like work gatherings and like try really hard to like involve everyone. Um, you and I just went to one this last week yeah. and... Everyone was super nice and welcoming. They and hold, I, I mean, it's, it's, if you're thinking of your library in your town, this place is not that. This is like a it's community. It's like a five-story building. Yeah, it's like a four-story <laughs> community center with a parking garage. 
we've had people get married upstairs in the conference areas. They hold these huge conferences, the American Library Association. They do cheap date night. They do cheap. One of my friends over there runs Don't worry, we're still a beatboxing podcast as well. We haven't lost that aesthetic. One of my buddies does a thing called cheap date night which should be just called free date night yeah because you don't you don't pay anything Uh, maybe he's thinking because they don't supply food you have to buy your own food yeah but he'll he'll show like a movie that's got a lot of awards and stuff once or once a month he does that for an american film and then um once a month he does a foreign language film so like they're doing titane this past weekend i think they just did titane which is like a french horror thing which I was interested in, but not enough to stay at work an extra three hours or whatever it was. Um, but you and I went and saw Belfast, mm-hmm. the first cheap date night since I got hired. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, what did you think of that? Like, not only the movie, but like it being in the library. It's not in a movie theater, but... I, yeah, I struggle with having seen Belfast in particular there because I do feel like some people were a bit more chatty than would have been preferable because Mm -hmm. the movie um, did have subtitles because some of the accents were fairly heavy Um, and there were like sometimes where I was like trying to watch it and trying to read it at the same time and it would have been I think nice maybe to have watched that movie at home instead Mm -hmm. But to be honest, we probably wouldn't have watched it either. <laughs> yeah. It's not one we would have yeah. pulled up because it's a period piece. Yeah. We don't do many of them. Um, but no, it's a really cool setup. They, um, It's not like a traditional movie theater type setup where it's just like chairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you like tables. You can like, yeah, if you want, bring snacks or bring drinks or whatever. And um, most of the tables, there were like a couple that were larger, but most of the tables were kind of like a two-person-ish setup. So mm-hmm. like Brad and I kind of got to have our own little like private table together and watch the movie so uh, yeah no it was really neat it's I, I think it's nice that they offer that because especially with the pandemic and everything most people don't want to go to movie theaters anymore yeah, and then and spend what thirty dollars for two tickets a thing of popcorn and a soda yeah. <laughs> and um it's nice that they're trying to like give people other options mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm a huge fan of the cheap date night that they do over there I really want to go in to see. They've got a few different things going on right now. Um, their college has got a class that they're running through there called Conversations About Death. And they, these are all movies that have some like way of coping with death. I think Titan is one of theirs. Uh, they did a Japanese film um, that dealt with the afterlife that I wanted to go see. But these foreign ones seem to fall on my busy week as opposed to cheap date night falls on a day where I might even have the Friday off and then we just drive down there and go see it yeah, your schedule's been a bit hectic since you started over there yeah but I don't mind I mean it's a six day on one day off four day on three day off if I'm doing my math right something like that so I get a three day weekend every other week it's just that six day stretch kills me i'm dying they do a similar thing that the um county did well i guess you still work for the county technically but i mean to the way animal control did uh, which is nice because um they do like paid holidays so Mm -hmm. if you conveniently end up off 
on a paid holiday, they try to eliminate the overtime, so you then get a whole extra day off. <laughs> yeah, so like th- today, when we're recording this, it's it, it's hotly debated around America. I'm not 100% sure what the name of the holiday is that I'm currently off for, but it's either Columbus Day or the Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, the library is calling it Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm going to try to work my language into that way. Um, Probably a yeah. more constructive viewing of the holiday. Exactly, but Monday... Uh, is my normal day off, so I get the Friday. So now I've got a three-day work week with a four-day weekend, which is awesome because I need sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess technically the overtime pay might be nice, but, yeah, most offices are closed. Mm -hmm. So you are technically getting paid to be off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about the university? I, I can talk library stuff all day. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. But Well, I like to hear you talk library stuff. Well, ask me library stuff questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's been different, <laughs> for sure. Um, I am obviously enjoying it, and I am very glad that I decided to go back to school. Um it's a smaller program than the program that I did my undergrad, so that's been kind of interesting, like seeing how completely different structured the mm-hmm. program is. They offer um, kind of more focused classes than my undergrad did, but at the same time, they don't necessarily have access to all the same stuff that I had access to for my undergrad, so it's been... Like equipment-wise, or like actually, what the courses are? shockingly, they... I, they don't have some stuff that we had at my old school, but shockingly, they might have better equipment. Oh, um, nice. But I, I've also been out of school for like a couple of years now, and I don't think the Black Magics really were growing in popularity until around the time that I bought mine, so it wasn't even a thing my school would have bought. Mm-hmm. So now, this many years later, they might have Black Magics. I don't know if they do or not, but... um my school kind of stayed more in the vein of, like, Canon cameras, and they did have, like, a Canon C100, which isn't a bad camera by any means. Um, but the school here um, has really kind of invested in the Black Magics because they're not terribly expensive for being higher-quality cameras. I mean, they're not cheap, but they're a lot more affordable than, like, a RED yeah. or uh, an RE or something that large productions would be using. But they do have... Um, they have a couple of the pocket black magics like what I have. And then they have um I think Black Magic's first big like cinema camera line that they came out with was the Ursa. Mm-hmm. And they own an Ursa and a Ursa Mini, which has been kind of interesting because I've never seen one in person at all because I've just never worked on a set where they used black magics. Um only really been around. So the Ursa is a black magic camera. Yes. Okay. I thought um, Black Magic was the name. Not the company. Black Magic's the company, I'm yeah. Um, but it's uh, Black Magic Ursa is the name of the camera. Um, and it's a higher-end camera. You can get really good quality footage with it. Like I said, I've never even seen one or worked with one before. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar to um, larger production films. It's got the big, like, chunky, like, brain mm-hmm. that the camera is. And then you have to add all the equipment to it to make it work so it doesn't work on its own. You have to buy, like, lenses and all this extra stuff to make it work but um yeah i mean they actually might have better equipment i would just say they don't have as much in the way of like facility space that uh 
MTSU did. Like, MTSU had a very, very large production studio. Mm-hmm. Um, like, lots of, like, sound rooms and editing bays and stuff like that. And they don't really have that here. They're kind of um, in what seems like it's probably a bit of an older building. I think it used to, at one point, be a girls' basketball gym. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, the room that the studio is in used to be um, a basketball gym of some kind. Strange. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you can tell maybe, like, space-wise and, like, facility-wise, they're not working with quite as much. Um, but I got to see the sound studio for the first time last week, and the sound studio is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they have it, like, all, like, padded up and soundproofed, and then they have, um, like, a little um, voice recording booth in there. So if you're doing, like, voiceover work or anything like that, you can go in there, and um, they have a bunch of speakers for like surround sound setup so if you're in there like trying to mix the sound for a movie you made you can kind of get a feel for what it might be like in a theater setup very cool so uh yeah i mean it's it's been really neat i think part of um what i've had to kind of adjust to and i knew this going into the program but because there are so few grad students they can't really just have us by ourselves otherwise Mm. there'd be no one to be in class (laughs) (laughs) um (coughs) So I'm in with um, undergrads, and so it's kind of interesting because, like, to some extent, the assignments I'm being given and, like, the expectations that are set on me are a bit different than what they're doing, and I do have a bit more freedom than what they have, (coughs) but then in some ways it's, like, um, I don't want to say repeating material I've already, like, learned, but I guess, like, kind of... Um, like reinforcing the basics yeah I guess to some extent um and I have the freedom which is nice if I am not enjoying a class or if I feel like a class is too redundant for me I can like tell my advisor I just don't want to take that class like Mm. a couple of weeks into school I could be like "Eh, I think I'd rather do something else and they will make room and put me somewhere else (laughs) so I'm not bound by the constraints of like having to register for classes, which is nice because they just sent out an email um, like a week or two, or yeah, like a week or two back saying it's already almost time to register again for next semester. Mm-hmm. Like it's midterms right now, which is so <laughs> wild. Like I feel like I just started and I went up to my advisor and I was asking him about it because I was like, I mean, I was like, am I just doing what I did before and kind of registering for like filler classes and we figure out what we're doing? He's like, oh yeah, it doesn't really apply to you. <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed any because um, we'll get to the project for the semester that you and I are going to work on we'll be talking about that a lot it's going to take a while to get that done yeah 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 um, but there's a piece of equipment that we can get to here in a minute um, are you noticing any like cultural differences as far as the approach to film as opposed to when we were in Tennessee like now that we're in Montana it feels a bit more because I've been to your building um, in this piece of equipment uh, is a very DIY mm-hmm. like it's not hey we've got the money for this it's like hey we don't have the money for this so we're going to work around it and find a creative way yeah. to do the same things that the schools with real money like not to say UM is broke but I don't think their film program is their popular program by but, any means. Like the, I guess, like the students, do they approach film in a different way than Tennesseans in the undergrad? So I don't know if this is because of COVID, to be honest. Um, 
or yeah. if this is just how they've always done it. But I do feel like, um, I feel like in my undergrad, they were a lot more strict about what the expectations were. Um, like you could not, absolutely could not shoot anything at all with a cell phone. It was not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were just different rules like that. And um, I didn't do, obviously, because pre-pandemic. Like you have to use these types of lights and this type of camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, Sorry, guys. Kristen and I are both getting over a sinus thing. I know that's yeah. pretty gross. But... <laughs> well, too, um, which we've talked about this before, like I take asthma medication and I just recently changed my medication, so I'm still kind of adjusting. Um, <clears throat> but I did my undergrad pre-pandemic also, so I don't know if maybe that's part of it or if the program has always been that way, but they do some classes strictly online and I did no online classes Mm -hmm. of any kind. Everything was hands-on and there were very clear expectations for like the editing classes. For instance, you had to use Adobe Premiere. You did not have a choice, but it was an in-person class and they gave you the software for free to use on campus. Obviously they didn't buy it for you to use in your home, but they had editing labs that you could mm-hmm. use at any point that you wanted, and the software was on the computer. You could free. be there at two in the morning. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the school doesn't do that. They don't care what type of editing software you use when you're in the lower level classes. At least I don't know if the higher level classes have harsher expectations. How do they teach them if they're not like all on a uniform program? So it's um, the beginner class isn't about learning a program it's about learning the concept of editing so um which is different for me because you just raise your hand i would cut here and then move the shot well it's online so like they're doing online forum discussions um and it is like you do these online readings and online viewings of like um lecture videos and stuff like that and um yeah it is kind of just about like how to cut in a way that tells a story. Um, where my editing class, my quote unquote basic editing class was learning the program. And then you learned how to tell stories with the program when you hit the advanced level. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been kind of interesting. Cause for me, like my foundation class was, you need to learn how to edit in a standard software that you would be expected to use as a working professional. And that makes so much more sense to me because it's like if even if you like if I pulled up even to you, I mean you've used it before, but if I just pulled up Scrivener right now and turned the computer around, I mean you could write on the document, but you wouldn't know a one hundredth. I don't think I know a one hundredth of what that program yeah. could do. But if I was going to teach a class full of writers, you know, and expect that they don't even know what a Word document you know is, I'd be like, all right, well everybody. <laughs> Download Microsoft Word. Here's where cut and paste is. Here's how to change the font. Mm-hmm. Here's how to hit italics. Second year, maybe teach them the fast keys. You know? But... And again, I don't know <coughs> if that's because I didn't start this program until this year. So obviously the pandemic has been going on for a while. I don't know if that's an adjustment due to COVID and trying to ease... Um, I guess the financial burden mm-hmm. on students, like they don't require the students buy the textbooks either, which is really odd. Very strange. Um, 
like whenever you and I both were doing our undergrad, you were forced to buy the books. And some of these I remember books, the stacks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the yeah. stacks on the stacks. And I've some got of the... photographs of like 20 books on a table going, I don't know, I'm going to read all this shit by the weekend. But and some of these books would cost all. 100, 200 bucks a piece. And then you try to sell them back to the university later on if it's not a book you really feasibly see yourself using again in the future and you get 30 bucks back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe some of that's a response to COVID where they're like, we're trying to ease some of the financial burden on students um but i do feel like the expectations were a lot more harsh at mtsu um or maybe not harsh but just like stringent like they had mm-hmm. an expectation of you and like here i do feel like it's a bit more like you will have these books if you do not have them by the second week you are not in this class yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like here it's a bit more um innovative as a whole like yeah they do if they want something and they can't buy it, they make it. Or if you don't have access to a camera, they're like, well, shoot it on your phone or just go do it. Is like what's important here. Like almost get the proof of concept down. <clears throat> like if you only have your cell phone, prove to me that you know how to do a wide shot. Show yeah. me a wide shot on yeah. your cell phone as opposed to here's the camera. Get yeah. the shot that you're asked to get. And they, I mean, these are lower level courses too. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sure in the higher level courses, there's probably... Um, no, I'm just interested. A more uniform yeah. expectation. I'm just interested in that, like, cultural difference. Yeah. Because I was afraid, you know, and... Or I, I guess I kind of am afraid. I said it backwards. Um, in Nashville, it was easier for me to see, like, a film program, a writing program, music programs, like... MTSU is not known for any of those things, but like there was They're a lot known of known for their um, recording industry program. So the music. Oh, I thought it was recording. just registered nurses and no outdoor um, people. No, their entertainment uh, program is their largest program. So like media, oh, entertainment, lied. and music recording. Yeah, but coming out this way, like I felt more confidence in the writing program, and I didn't know how like people here would view film. <clears throat> Because there are a lot of writers in Missoula, but there's, you know, the film production studio got shut down. Like, they, they were going to build it. They didn't build it. Didn't Kevin Costner's here all the time. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Costner's here, like, every day, filming some Western. You know? <laughs> but um, I was a little nervous that the students might have, like, a different approach to film, do you, do you notice you know when you're talking to them like a uh, a difference in like genre? Like Montana has a much more yeah. memoir writing and less yeah. of a creative writing. And I mean, I am only a couple of weeks, like a month or so, in, to be fair, so I've not met a lot of the students. Um, I do feel like it's less moody, though. I feel like in moody. Uh, yeah, like, I feel like in my undergrad, people were, like, touching on darker topics in general, where it, whether it was, like, um, murder or violence or theft or drug abuse or whatever. City like, problems. Yeah, like, just darker topics in general. And I do feel like here there's a bit more um, fantasy and sci-fi and... I've noticed um, a bunch of Coming-of-age yeah. stories. There are a lot of stories where it's, like there's a feel good at the end of this <laughs> and um yeah i feel like sometimes when i'm talking to 
people about stuff I did in my undergrad, the reaction's kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you meet Brett? Brett still wants to blow up a car. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not to say that's completely true. I mean, there are um, some topics that have been thrown around in some of my classes, like cannibalism and stuff yeah. like that. So um, <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbows or whatever. But I do feel like sometimes whenever I'm talking about, like, um, we're doing a project right now that Brett and I are going to be doing next weekend where um, they give you a pre-formatted script that's really vague so you can kind of take and turn it into anything you want and um, typically my experience has been that you're not allowed to change the script you have to do the script exactly how it's written but you can film it about whatever you want to film it about mm -hmm. and um, you can have like a variation on how many actors there are and stuff. You just can't change the wording or the formatting of the wording or anything like that. Um, and for my undergrad, I pretend kidnap my nieces and tie them up. <laughs> and that video is on my YouTube channel. It's called Waiting. And one of um, your classmates had people locked in a shipping container. There were being yeah. human trafficked. Yeah. <laughs> so there were like a couple of, and one of them was like a robbery type of story. Mm -hmm. So there were like some kind of darker topics happening. I was talking to someone um, a couple of weeks ago about that, and they were just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm the weirdo here. Yeah, because I have the same issue with the writing side of things. Like, a, not issue, like, to each their own, but there are a lot of fantasy writers out here. Like, my buddy just published a book. I just bought the book, but it's like a futuristic, utopian, elvish type thing. Um and people tend to like that out this way. And then people are like, well, what do you write? And I just, I, I don't even know how to answer the question. Because it's like, I write trauma stories. That's what I'm comfortable in. Well, some of your stuff's too dark for me, even. We had to <laughs> change the ending of one recently. Um. Speaking of which, do you want to talk about your big semester project? And sure. what we're diving into here? Yeah. Um, we haven't actually started yet, other than Brett has written the script. Um, it's not due until, like, December, so we've got yeah. a little bit of time, thankfully. And I took a gummy and started drawing last night, so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm storyboarding by I, myself. I bought you a new sketchbook. <laughs> um, so we are revisiting the idea of doing a stop-motion film. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to do the stop-motion that we talked about before. The pawn shop. Um, yeah. So we are taking a story from... Brett's published work, um, The Madman Diaries, which you can find on Amazon. Um, it's a pamphlet. <laughs> it is a published work. It is a published collection of work. I think it even has the little button that says, look inside. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, The Madman Diaries is a collection of short stories, um, and it's where our short film, The Dolls, came from. Um, Brett adapted that short story into a screenplay and we did that as my final project for my um undergrad yeah well sort of yeah i guess technically we did um attempt to try to do the concept for ziggy but that ended up kind of falling apart so i guess technically ziggy was my final project but it was my final actual film for my undergrad program and um i had wanted to initially revisit doing a proof of concept for Ziggy, but I think we had a few discussions and I had a few discussions with my professors and I think that's something that's going to need to come a little bit later in the mm -hmm. program because we're wanting to 
maybe potentially shoot the pilot episode. <laughs> um, but that wouldn't be until my third year, and it wouldn't really make a lot of sense to do a proof of concept this early on if we're not even doing um, the pilot for another two years. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a three-year program. I don't know if I've mentioned that. <laughs> I'm going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> um so we kind of um, sat down and threw some ideas around and kind of rehashed what would be a better use of my time for my first semester. Um, and Brett and I have been wanting to do a stop motion for quite some time now. Um, and we just didn't really have the time or the tools available to do it before, so we kind of tabled it. Um, but yeah, there's a if you want to buy the book, um, there's a short story in The Madman Diaries called The Town. Um, we have made some changes to it (laughs) (laughs) some drastic changes (laughs) but we are doing an adaptation of that short story into a stop motion film yeah something that loosely resembles like what the original controlling metaphor for the town was it it still exists it's just been changed to get rid of some shit that's way too graphic um i'm not drawing that you're not drawing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I'm excited though. I bought us both some sketchbooks, some sketch pencils, some color pencils. Um, I did a very small like uh, storyboarding on our whiteboard. So like I wiped the whiteboard clean and then drew it all with markers. Not all of it, but like the first couple of shots. And um, it was interesting writing the script, knowing that I had to maintain the metaphor without maintaining a dead baby. And. So <laughs> Um, it was you can't interesting. Have dead children in all of your things. I can Brad. try. You know, I technically snuck it into this one, um, but it was interesting rereading the story because I I kick myself about Madman quite a bit just because it didn't come out quite as I had imagined in my head. It also came out quite a while ago. You were younger yeah. when you released it. But I got to go back and reread it, and outside of the fact that I misspelled Bel Air. Um, in one of the paragraphs, I added an E that didn't need to be at the end of air. Uh, it's B-E-L-A-I-R. I thought it was B-E-L-A-I-R-E. Um, the story held up. Like, it, it did pretty good. Like, I I was proud of myself for two and a half pages of a three-page story, you know, if it's quite that long. Um, there's nothing terribly shocking happening. And then it's just tension build, tension build, tension build, horror. So I was impressed by the story, you know, as it stood in the book. And it was pretty cool to, like, revisit those little characters. Because it, it, it opened up for me. The town is, like, the characters that live inside my head that make up my stories. You know, like, this feels like their origin it feels like they should be from a place like this where it's strange it's isolated it exists in the desert of my mind you know (laughs) and i i think it'll be good for a stop motion for that reason um i don't want to give it away right now because we might revisit it later on but there's another story Mm -hmm. that we discussed potentially doing a stop motion for and i think visually that one could be really um as sad as it is really beautiful as a stop motion Um, But I I think this one, for our first attempt at least, is going to be a good use of our time because the town itself and the characters, like when you um, read 
your descriptions, like a, I feel like a pretty clear image comes to mind. So like they're without pretty... describing any one person, just yeah. describing the town you can visualize. Yeah, who would live and there. I feel like it's a pretty visual story. Um, mm. And truthfully, a lot doesn't happen in the story. So I feel like having um, it visually brought to life in like kind of this cartoonish way is gonna like bring a whole nother dimension to it because Mm -hmm. it is kind of a visual story like you're reading it and in your mind you're crafting what this place might look like and what these people might look like and then this thing happens to them so i and there's only two sentences in the entire story so if you were just going to do a table read it would take you five seconds (laughs) to read the dialogue well when you do a table read you read the actual um, i mean action logs too it'll our audio file for dialogue will be less than five minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i i don't know i think it's going to be a good one to like kind of test out um and i i think the nice thing too is this isn't for a um cinematography class or anything like that i do have projects which the um, dialogue project we're going to do next weekend is for the same class um so i have like film projects i have to do but the focus of the class is really um to learn what it means to be a director instead of a Mm -hmm. cinematographer so for this final project because it's going to be my main project we have to do stop motion yeah um we have to do storyboards we have to do um like script breakdowns and all this stuff like that and i feel like this is a good one for me to kind of step away from being the person holding the camera and just focus on what it takes to make a film Mm -hmm. so i don't know i I think it's going to be really challenging. I'm probably going to be crying about it in another month. (laughs) But I think it's a good one to use as kind of an exercise in, um, I've been hired as the director for this film. How do I make this film? Here's your script. Yeah. Run. (laughs) Are you allowed to use your classmates? Uh, He encourages it, actually. So um, it's required for the class. I have to work on at least two other people's projects. That doesn't necessarily mean somebody has to work on my project specifically. But we could, like, hire if you've got somebody who can draw their ass off. Yeah. Bring them in and be like, hey, can you just do this one character doing these few things? Yeah. And we'll figure it out from there. And um, two days from now, um, we're doing my script reading class, so... I thought about mentioning that, like, just seeing if anyone um, is particularly good at drawing or maybe has a strong foundation in sound design or just something that could kind of help ease some of the burden. Because mm-hmm. whenever it comes to the actual filming, it's pretty much just going to be me shuffling paper on a board. I'll be there with you. <laughs> well, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how many nights it's going to take, so I don't expect, especially with your schedule, you'll be able to be there every night. But um, we do have access to sort of there's like one class in there this semester but we have access to sort of a private classroom that's ours to use for the semester and that's what i was talking about earlier when i said that it was more of a diy um environment the stop motion setup that they have we have like a proper setup over at the library but it's not as versatile as the one that somebody built in Uh, I think the university. The, I think my mentor. Um, I don't want to say names. I'm not going to name anybody's names, but I think my mentor is the one who actually built it. Yeah, it's like a a scaffolding where you can put two individual plates of glass. So you can have foreground and background, yeah. as opposed to like just a two D shoot. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we haven't really said that. So we're not doing a 3D stop motion. We're not doing clay. We're not doing um, 3D figures in any form. We're just doing 2D. My initial idea was like matchbox cars on a big paper mache <laughs> set and then realized we don't have a year to make this. No. We've got like a month and a half. And I, I don't even worry about making um, the car. I worry about making the characters. I feel like even the town we could realistically make somewhat well with cardboard. Um my hesitancy with doing a 3D stop motion is we don't have the time to make well-done characters. Yes, I'd have to model each one of them like several times, and then we'd have to make models of the one that we agreed on doing different shit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so it's just not going to be practical. So we're doing 2D. Um, I think we're going to do some just concept drawings to kind of figure out what the people should actually look like, and then my hope, I haven't done anything on this scale before um, is to get kind of just a base model of each character that I can then scan into a computer so we can um, kind of reprint it and maybe make adjustments to it so we're not having to redraw it every time. Oh, that's Um, interesting. Yeah, so I'm hoping like for instance, if we get like a base outline of the main character, I can then scan that outline into Photoshop and then we can like um edit out the eyes for instance because i want to have different versions of the eyes and then just have a blank slate to put new eyes on yeah but so you Um, can like adjust his hat like i might need to do like front facing left right profile and then we just mess with it from there well i'm thinking about for the base character um drawing it without the hat on at all and then drawing the hat separately and kind of overlaying the hat and then the hat can just be changed as needed without having to change the whole body um so yeah, just kind of playing with concepts like that. But yeah, the setup that they have at the school is just this old metal bracket shelf thing <laughs> that they um, took the metal shelves out of and instead um, like drilled in uh, wooden boards to kind of support these glass beams. And they have two different layers of glass beams stacked on top of each other so as long as the glass is clean and not covered in fingerprints um the camera shoots directly down onto it so it will just see it as being invisible Mm -hmm. um so you can have two layers happening which is really cool because then you can have characters moving behind structures or structures moving past characters a character walks past buildings buildings are on that bottom part characters on that top part and yeah Yeah. allows you to get motion yeah, or even if um, what kind of inspired all of this is uh, I saw a music video. Um, I unfortunately don't know the artist's name offhand. The um, music video was stop motion, and it was all 2D paper stop motion, and they had the character walking behind a tree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's wild. Like, and in my mind, I was thinking it was all just on one flat surface and they were slowly just inching this person behind the tree. <laughs> yeah, if you have two layers, easy. Trees on top layer, person's on bottom layer, you just walk them through the bottom layer. <laughs> so it's just going to make life easier. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that all plays out. And my professor encouraged, um, because I have to have a, a mentor each semester to guide me on my journey, um, my professor encouraged... Um, doing a blog kind of like chronicling my journey Mm -hmm. as a grad student so I'm probably gonna have a blog that has um our journey making this stop motion and I may share some of that over onto the nightmare box website or we may plug the website later but I'm hoping to have um 
you know, photos and like samples of the script and kind I'd, of. I'd be a thousand percent open to having the updates. We could add a whole new drop menu that's just like Kristen's projects, you know, like yeah. things that you're working on that are officially for school and keeping that crazy active because I need to myself come up with, you know, writing down the stories, putting out the stories yeah. again. So we, yeah. Which I, I, refocusing yeah. on Nightmare Box would be brilliant. Yeah, which I'll probably have stuff on my website too. But yeah, I, I would like to, since it's a collaboration between both of us, have some of that available on the Nightmare Box. We'll, we'll probably be plugging stuff in the future that you guys can kind of keep up with it with us. <laughs> um, see our shitty drawings, <laughs> our shitty first drafts. <laughs> see that hilarious thing I did in Happy Birthday, the outtake. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I'm excited. It's nice to be working on something together again. It's been a while. Um, I've just been doing... I'm thankful for the work, but I've just been doing a lot of corporate stuff lately. Yeah. And it's nice to be back in... Back um, in the art. Back beyond the veil. Yeah. N- nice to be back in a more creative aspect instead of somebody gives you a video and goes, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fun. Oh, fantastic, love. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? my good to start making us dinner wings and we don't have stranger things anymore and we gave up on scrubs around the around where i thought we were gonna give up (laughs) on scrubs (laughs) made it all the way through but that final season holy mother of christ if it doesn't make me want to gouge my eyes out with my own dick yeah it's bad bad. (laughs) i i don't think i've ever made it that far i definitely quit the show way sooner than that on my own so well, what for that it, torturous event. As a, as a recap, having tapped out roughly where I thought we would, what did you think of the rewatch? Because we did watch almost every episode. I think we're four episodes away from the official finale, and it sucks so hard. I stand by my original assessment that the story starts to lose track pretty aggressively around the time that he knocks Kim up. <laughs> um, but I was surprised... That there were still like better episodes than I remembered there being posted. The that. original finale is gorgeous. Yeah, they should have ended with the original finale. Oh my god, it was so good. But don't. nothing will ever save that final <laughs> season. Long story short, don't stick a penny in the door, <laughs> and you'll be fine. All right, sweetheart, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you. I mean. Whatever the fuck we feel like it, apparently. Yeah, we'll um, hopefully get back to a normal (laughs) schedule soon, and we'll kind of update you guys on what the post dates will be.